0: Well, like everything else in our life, there is a lot of transition going on. And of course, we are very excited today to celebrate the season finale. The season
1: finale? I know. Can you believe it? So what are we going to do? special Dinner Table Talks. My name is Joe Hillier, and of course, I'm joined along with
0: Aislinn Campbell.
1: Officially, it's done. Let's not hear that again. But we are here to celebrate. It's a celebration day, Aislinn.
0: I'll tell you that there's going to be a little bit of challenge to this celebration because I've already had this celebration once. This is take two. This is
1: take two. We completely recorded this week's episode and then promptly learned that the file was absolutely no good. So thank you for reconvening.
0: Yes. And we are going to try to give you a replication of the love and energy that was created in the first podcast.
1: So pay no mind to the idea that we've said all of this already
0: before. Well, oh, I promise you there won't be anything said the same twice. Oh, no, no, no. If you think I'm going to ever say the same thing twice, you've never paid attention to me.
1: So I asked you this a couple of days ago. I'll ask you again. How was your week? Uh, it was a long f***ing week. Yeah.
0: Because now that I've added a couple more days to it, yeah it's been a it's been a rough it's been a rough <laughs> week Well I
1: hope to take your mind off of anything rough because we've got a lot of fun things to talk about. What was the last season the last 51 episodes the last 51 weeks of our lives what were the hits what were the misses? What are we looking forward to doing next year for season three?
0: Uh, you, you know I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get back into the flow of where I was when I talked about this on Thursday but Tuesday night was Parents Night. At the volleyball game, and my my daughter is a senior this year. Mm-hmm. And a few episodes ago, I was talking about making my way around the house as I'm deconstructing the house as we're preparing for the move. Because we expect that the first, you know, several episodes of season three are gonna be about the move. And then season three is gonna be about us living on the farm, the first year of us living on the farm and how that impacts teenagers and how that impacts our family and how that impacts our collaboration with my parents who also live on the farm. In that moment of the senior night, parents' night, you, me, and my mom were all there. They bring all the parents down and you walk on the you know floor with the girls. But when you're a senior, they ask the girls to give some words that then the announcer is going to read on the microphone. I couldn't have asked for better words to come out of the mouth of one of my babes. The things that I have literally prayed for as we've made our way through this last, you know, seven years together in mm-hmm. this home. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I said in a couple of episodes ago about deconstructing this home and what I was seeing was that there's absolutely no way that any one person can walk away from this situation Legitimately feeling unloved because there is nothing but love coming out of this home. Nothing but love coming out of this home. And it's so beautiful and so us. It's who we are. It's who I am. Absolutely. But I heard her say a word that meant so much to me. And it was really directed at her step parents because it was, I love you, parents. For all that you've taught me and for what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And they were very wise words for a young woman. I mean, really wise words for a young woman. But the word she used was, thank you for gracefully stepping into my life. And when someone uses the word gracefully, especially at the age of 17, that is really, really good to a mom's heart. Gracefully. Gracefully. I have received the love of the people that you've brought into my life, Mom. Mm-hmm.
1: Talking about me and her stepmom.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And just, I was up you there, know, I was
1: up there clicking away with the camera. And, and yeah, I felt some feels, no doubt.
0: Yeah. And I, one of the funny things she said, which I think that any of the listeners would completely understand because they've listened to our stories about the four teenagers in this house and going back and forth between parents' houses and, you know, growing up, she said... <laughs> You've gracefully entered my life. And then she goes, double the parents, double the fun, (laughs) you know. And when a mom hears those kind of words unexpectedly on a Mm loudspeaker in front of the whole, like, Mm -hmm. group of people we've been hanging out with for the last 12 years of your life Mm -hmm. that have all watched this divorce and coming together and new marriages and new kids and da-da-da-da-da. Not that it's about that, but at the same time, wow. Wow. I've done something right. And I'm not going to take all the credit, but I've done something
1: right. The last seven years have been quite the evolution for me when it comes to a relationship with your kids. Because divorce is hard for anyone and blending families is hard for anyone. And then you've got this weird like dual set of priorities. Making sure that your children's needs are fulfilled and then having to Adjust attention to these new kids that are going through a weird thing at a weird time in their life. And then us adults pretending like we know what the hell we're doing oh
0: exactly and
1: pretending like and trying to at least give the impression to all of the kids that we're holding it all together but
0: and that they're safe and secure yeah, and loved
1: yeah but, i mean really that's and, and and their their skepticism at these new people has to be just completely natural and that's what the evolution is that i'm talking about is the, as that seven years has gone by i think we did pretty good
0: Yeah, I've loved it. And there's been some really long days and some really long weeks and some really long years that we've learned through. But at the same time, here we are. Zoop. And then, I mean, I love our children. Our children. I have said many times that our children held us together. Our children have been the thing that has kept us getting through the bullshit.
1: One more zoop and we're not going to have any kids around at all. Oh. questions. last week was all about our trip to houston and you'll remember us talking about one of the culinary highlights that we enjoyed was carrot butter a little garnish on a beautiful cheese and meat plate that we got at Savoie. I said I was going to figure out how to make carrot butter, but it's one of those weird things where I don't have seasonal carrots to use. And I know that one of your least favorite things at the grocery store when I buy produce from time to time are their carrots.
0: So wait until like about November, maybe December, like, because the first few carrots you get are like the little baby carrots, like delicious salad eating carrots. You can't do
1: much with me. Just chomp me right here, right now in the garden. Yeah, exactly. Chomp me in the garden. Mm (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to put a pen in this carrot butter recipe. This is all put into a blender. Carrots, ginger, garlic, tahini, salt, and some other herbs. But the trick is steam the carrots and ginger, which is going to give it more maybe of a fluffy feel. So carrot butter coming a few weeks into season three, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. One year ago today. Year
0: ago time ago time What are we doing here? What are we doing here?
1: Well, one year ago today, of course, we were wrapping up season one. Uh But if you're a newer listener and you see 104 available episodes, you don't know exactly where to start. I would suggest after you finish this episode, go back one year, 1.52, because it is a really funny, well-produced clip show of the entire first season. But interestingly, we open up the episode with a beer that we're sharing, Mm -hmm. and that's another thing we're not doing this year. Listening to the last 51 episodes has been an interesting evolution of everything that you feel about grain.
0: One of the things I always said about myself was that I've gone through a lot of past trauma at an early age to understand how to transition through pain and how to recognize when our body is screaming at us, yeah. number one, so that we can make a shift, but number two, so that we can begin to make a shift before it's screaming at us. Mm-hmm. When it starts whispering, hey, hey,
1: i feeling so good over here. Yeah. Hey, it was I your thyroid issue that even hey. awoke you to the idea that you needed to potentially excise gluten from your diet.
0: <laughs> a thyroid issue is what alerted me to excise a lot of shit from my life. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing that this last, actually this whole podcast, two years of podcast, have done for me. From 2019 when I discovered that what was going on with my health was a thyroid issue and then took control of it and shifted not only the course of my life, but also started making some decisions about the fasting and the diet and the things that I ate, which included doing a grain fast. And when I did a grain fast, not only a grain fast, but actually beginning more intermittent fasting, I have the ability to shift habits. Oh, yeah. I'm good at it. You when are. I choose to do it, I do it. Right? Are, yes. So when I began fasting again, because my body was screaming, I am in dis-ease, please help me stop, do something now. It's
1: a good motivator for you. I listened. Yeah.
0: I felt it. And I started shifting some things. But then when I began to go, okay, well, I'm feeling okay and reintroducing some things. Then my body started screaming back, not that one. Not that one. We don't like that one. We don't like that one. Mm -hmm. That one's not good. We don't want any more of that one. You know, some of these other ones are okay. And it was a violent interaction. Like I'm one of those people that when I eat gluten, it makes me sick almost immediately.
1: I'm here to testify. That is the (laughs) truth.
0: It's not just about the grain. It's also about the alcohol. It's also about all the sugar. Mm-hmm. It's about all the things. Mm-hmm. And it's not about saying, oh, I need to do this thing so I feel better. When I just keep telling myself, I need to do this thing and then I don't. I need to do this thing and then I don't. I'm going to try to do this thing and then I don't. Right. Or I got to do this thing. It's happening now. Yeah. Also around me, other people in my bubble are talking about some of those similar types of things as well. And so then all of a sudden you begin to have this ability to shift and code and make changes in your life. And I'll tell you that I feel better in a million different ways right now. And part of it is absolutely a shift in the habits of my diet. I haven't quit drinking. I'm choosing. I'm making yeah. better choices. That's M- it. I'm, I haven't it. quit eating sugar. Yeah. I have quit eating wheat. Making because that each makes moment me worth sick, it. But set your intentions and then be purposeful about the things that you intake.
1: If you go back and listen to episode one point five two, just the random question of the week at the end of the episode is worth listening to. It was one of the best ones. What's the worst place you've ever relieved yourself? Do you remember that?
0: That was the episode where you pooped in the backyard because you were a latchkey kid.
1: Spoiler alert. <laughs>
0: Uh, this cracks me up because I see a lot, a lot, a lot of memes right now coming out about the Gen
1: X I, I, I population. I don't want to generation. discount your hurricane-fueled New Orleans train-spotting bathroom experience. But yes, it's <laughs> worth listening to just for the random question of the week. Go back and listen to episode 1.52. As if we weren't busy enough, Acelin, moving kind of consumes all of your free time. Yeah. That said, we haven't eaten a lot of cooked meals. That said, meals. who
0: wants to record a podcast two times in a row? <laughs> and
1: not just that, I'm just going to power through your piss poor attitude, but not just that we got a couple of meals on the table, including one that I think would go into a rotation when that butternut squash is available. We had a butternut squash laying around.
0: Yeah, the thing about butternut squash in the summertime, I am wholeheartedly against the pumpkin spice flavor, well, I was looking not up recipes. because I hate the pumpkin spice flavor, yeah. but because Somehow that seems to be the only thing we know how to do. Butternut
1: squash has been um, acquired by the pumpkin pie spice industry. It's the mainstream and it's
0: time. But I'm like, okay, I get it. It's pumpkin season. Mm -hmm. It's winter squash season. Mm -hmm. It's butternut squash season. It's all of that. Mm -hmm. What can we do savory with these beautiful, delicious fruits and vegetables? There are more flavors than the corporate pumpkin spice latte.
1: Well, when it comes to seasonal growing and eating the food that's coming out of the ground right now, there's a big decline in the amount of produce that you're bringing in.
0: Well, the truth of the matter is, is that the move is a part of it. Sure. And what's happening with me and the transition, you know, what's going on with the weather and all of those kinds of things. Because, yeah, I did a pretty nice size harvest yesterday. I am actually harvested Brussels sprouts yesterday. Oh, wow. Okra. Yeah. Lots of beautiful peppers, you know, some greens even, yeah. okay? I work really diligently about teaching people the way I garden. And that is give yourself some time. Give yourself a break. That's the great thing about the pumpkins and the winter squash and this butternut squash that's been sitting on our counter for an entire year. Hmm. I can But you're right. The amount of stuff that's been coming into the house yeah. has decreased. And we've gone back to what I would call... The storage vegetables: the onions, right. the potatoes,
1: the squash. So the butternut squash came off, out of the ground, off the vine a year ago. Yep. And it, I guess the proper term is it's stored, meaning right. it's just set into a cooler Linterized
0: area. or yeah, whatever. You and want
1: then to call what? It. The thinner skin thickens over time. Well,
0: usually the thicker skin should have set before you really got it off the vine. Now that doesn't always happen because sometimes the vines die before the fruit has completely set. The main part of what you're doing when you let a fruit like that sit is that it's sugarizing.
1: Inside. Yes. I see. And
0: so it just gets that sweeter flavor. Which then goes back to this whole pumpkin spice thing that happens, which it's like all we can think about is that sweet goes with sweet goes with sweet. But really, really delicious chefs understand that sweet and salty and spicy all go together really nice.
1: I take an assessment of the different kinds of meats that I could prepare with a butternut squash. I yell out, Hey, we got some pork chops, Google pork chops and butternut squash. And you're absolutely right, Aislinn. Every single recipe, the main ingredient that they wanted you to add to the butternut squash for flavor was pumpkin pie spice. You say, no. What uh is that?
0: Cardamom, ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg. Right.
1: And you say, I want savory. (laughs) So I found it. I found a great recipe. We'll post it for you. Skillet, pork chops, and butternut squash. And the secret here, especially if you want to keep them moist, is you pan sear them in a multi-step process. But not before you coat them with a spice rub, which includes your cumin, your oregano, paprika, onion powder, brown sugar, a little bit of sweet there, salt, black pepper, You sear it, pull it out, then put your butternut squash in, add a little water so that all those herbs and water make a mixture that the butternut squash kind of steams in. Place the pork chops on top, put the lid on, then you squirt some lime juice into that whole thing, stir it up, and you're good to go. That was really flavorful and delicious. It was
0: very good. The pork chop has really good flavor, Mm -hmm. and I've said in some episodes in the past, oh, that pork chop was a little dry. And I think that I like the
1: thinner. Well, the recipe calls for greasy, a, a little bit greasy. One and a half inch thick chop. Ours were more on the half inch, and I was worried that they'd get overdone. But that steaming technique mm-hmm. kept Delicious. everything moist and nice. Yeah, I liked it. Try this one, especially if you have a butternut squash that's getting a little past its prime.
0: Well, like everything else in our life, there is a lot of transition going on. And of course, we are very excited today to celebrate the season finale the season
1: finale i know can you believe it so what are we gonna do
0: one of the things that i thought would be really or we thought would be really fun to do for this episode was to talk about what were the really amazing fruits the amazing seeds the amazing flowers that we were able to harvest out of the last year's seasons of gardens What are the weeds we need to pull? What are the gardens we need to change? What are the types of seeds we're going to plant for the next season?
1: One of the biggest things that happened in the last season was that February 14th, Texas freeze apocalypse. (laughs) That episode, episode 2.25, where we recount how we went through all that the no power, the no heat, the no water in the coldest storm that I can recall in my years here in Texas.
0: I believe that 2020 and 2021 are years that were built in the system to give us little taps of it's time to wake up. (laughs) Little taps of there's going to be some big things coming
1: that you're going to need to be prepared for. Do you mind if I add system breakdown? Yes. In 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 that time period? Yeah, because
0: if you get a taste of what it feels like to be off the grid a couple times, you start preparing to be off the grid in case you need to. Mm-hmm. And down here, we've been off the grid a few times in the last three years. Yeah, Five years, yeah. in the last five years. Off the grid with food, off the grid with water, off the grid with electricity. Everything died. What do we do now? People are dying fast. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. Do we have the healthcare system? Are our roads prepared? Yada, yada, yada. And it's not just us. It's literally globally happening this way. Before the freeze was coming, but we knew it was coming, I said, be prepared by going out and getting anything you want to live or eat. Get it now. Then after the freeze passed, I said, everybody calm down. Don't do anything right now. Let nature sort itself out. You will see that what we will get after the breakdown is a flourishing and a blooming of life that is better than you've ever seen before. For anyone that trusted my words or the words that were coming into their heart that weren't from me has seen nothing but beauty and flowers and green and all the things. And not only that, they've looked at their lifestyle and they've begun preparing for the next time... They're off the grid. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be off the grid for a decade or a hundred years or even or, a year. Or it'll
1: come via a freeze It like...
0: might be three days. It might be 10 days. Right. But they're preparing their lives for that. And I think that that's wise right now. It
1: changed the course of your gardening. It changed yep. the course of home preparedness. It was a big landmark deal.
0: So when you're planting and preparing and getting your house ready and making sure you have plenty of wood for your fireplace, you know, little things. Kind of like how we prep for hurricane season. Do a little prepping. You'll be glad you did. Preach it. One of the things that aligned really, really nicely... This last year was we did get to do an episode of Friends with Benefits. Yeah. That was episode 2.6. Yeah.
1: Finally got the Italians in the table.
0: We did. That's our friends that own the Bellina's restaurant. Very good friends of ours. And that was a great opportunity. And I really love that Friends with Benefits comes together when the timing is perfect. But Friends with Benefits, for those of you that haven't heard an episode yet, is basically us bringing someone to the podcast that has prepared us a meal, given us their dinner table experience, and then we sit down to talk about the dinner table experience together.
1: Yeah, it was a really good Friends with Benefits too because he goes deep into kind of like the restaurant industry and how things work behind the scenes. And I, I enjoy that talk all of the time.
0: Sure, and he also talks about how businesses are shifting during times of challenge, sure. during COVID, during freezes, during da da yeah. all the things we've been talking
1: about. That's right.
0: We got to a point probably about mid season in season two, where I said out loud, it's time for us. I said it to you. And then I think we talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I said, it's time for us to stop filtering. It's time for us to stop filtering our story and how it's evolving. And what I mean by that is that we have an audience that hears us. And that audience is immense. There are 7.9 billion people on this planet. And there are plenty of people on this planet that are aligned with and resonate with the words that come out of our home from our dinner table and also understand that any words that come out of anyone's mouth are a part of an evolution in a journey and these are ours so if i'm filtering the podcast to keep things out that i'm afraid might upset somebody or offend somebody or whatever if it upsets you or offends you there are really three choices laugh it off come back next week because you'll know you'll agree with us the next time Send us a message of engagement because we'd love to have a chit-chat or a little argument with you over it. Or maybe we come to a different opinion because our opinions evolve. Or three, go listen to one of the other million podcasters. Million?
1: You're short short (laughs) the estimate.
0: So all of a sudden we got to this point in the season... And I had an idea because I'd been watching a Netflix TV show called Sex Life. Yeah. And I suggested it to you and I started talking about it. And it was a- funny a- Australian because... Australian
1: dongs, I think Yeah, you I mean, When I started it.
0: the conversation, you just looked at me like, oh my God, are we actually talking about this? And I was like, we hold, ain't hold filtering. On. We I, ain't filtering. I have
1: to stop you. <laughs> it does happen from time to time. But we go off script, quote unquote, often. And Chase sometime, the rabbit. <laughs> sometimes you'll start it. Sometimes I start it, then there's a flash of eye contact where there's an unspoken, is this really what we're going to talk about? And that day, episode 2.45, is that what we're really going to talk about? Our sex life.
0: We actually kind of carry the theme through for a few episodes. Yeah. Because it is a important central part of conversations really at any dinner table. And yes, we do talk about things like this with our teenagers because we want them to have information that we give them, not just the mainstream media or the scrolling tiktok or the friend that hangs out gives them (laughs) we give them some of the information about their sex lives and sex lives and things like that as well and so it was a fun i recently had
1: a a condom refresher conversation with my college-age son don't forget no mistakes my brother
0: That's old school dad information, by the way, which is very different from, let's have a honest sex-like conversation in front of teenagers that are going to go, ew, gross.
1: Tinder was involved in the conversation. It was kind of real. (laughs) As we said in one of the early, early episodes,
0: our life is an open book. And- I expect us to continue to have all kinds of conversations that might offend people. But this is our story, and this is our journey, and we're glad you're here with us.
1: Food challenges are one of the most fun parts of this podcast for me. And in season two, we had our grain-free pizza challenge. Me trying to learn how best to accommodate this newer chapter that we would be going through together in our kitchen Are we giving up pizza? You said, no, make me some grain-free pizza crust. Landed on our favorite, the fat head, but I'm really looking forward to keeping that tradition, doing a series of challenges that make me do things in the kitchen that I've never done.
0: The challenge part of it is great because number one, You're learning Mm -hmm. how to perfect kitchen techniques. Or learn
1: new ones and then perfect them by repeating them a couple of times.
0: Right. And then I'm learning, okay, well, if he can do that technique, then what other vegetable can I grow? And then, okay, I've got this vegetable that I need to figure out how to
1: use. And then I'd like to think that the fact that we couldn't do too many Friends with Benefits... We supplanted that with a brand new exercise that you're doing out at the farm, which I know is just going to explode once we finally move out there. And that was these farm-to-table dinners that you hosted out there. We did three of them. Episode 2.35, 4.0, and 4.8, a beautiful gourmet chicken dinner, Mm -hmm. farm-to-table burgers, farm-to-table pizzas. Check out those three episodes for some amazing culinary talk.
0: I'm really looking forward to a new concept that I have that came up that actually Uh is about a vegetable that we've talked about quite a lot. Oh, yeah. Now, the new idea is called the Long Lunch Club. And the concept is that I'm taking a fruit that we have a lot of abundance, a fruit that is able to grow really, really well. I mean, you know, I've got, I'm talking about prepping, I'm talking about being prepared, I'm talking about growing vegetables, growing your own foods, I'm talking about having food to store, that kind of thing. Well, the tromboncino is a perfect example of that. And I have a lot of it. I have grown a lot of it. Tromboncino a pre-prepped lunch club where we have pre-prepped some delicious dishes that are made with tromboncino and basil this time. Those are going to be the two key ingredients that I not only share a dish with the guests, but we talk to them about the recipe that we came up with and how to use it and maybe to try. How about let's try using winter squash in a different way than pumpkin spice latte and like some other ways. Right. Um, So because of that, you and I and my mom too included in that, we'll need to do a few tromboncino challenges to make sure that that paleo winter squash ice cream I want to make actually tastes good. (laughs) Winter squash ice cream? That's exactly right. And I also just want to give a quick little shout out my friend Chris, Chef Chris, who's been a part of all those farm-to-table dinners has not been well. He's not been well. He's been in the hospital, but news is he is absolutely on the uptake and we will get to hang out with him again very soon so love to our friend chris chef chris i hope everyone else will send some love out to him too
1: if you go back to episode 1.42 43 44 we did an episode entitled the magical mystery tour and then Mm -hmm. a year later this season episode 2.43 we did it again well i guess you can try to describe it what's a magical mystery tour
0: It started out because I, you and I had just gotten to know each other and I was like, I believe in a lot of like what people would call woo-woo stuff and I'm going to try to describe it to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You were raised Southern Baptist and were in church every Sunday and Wednesday, Joe. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about.
0: (laughs) Well, and you were just so adamant about turning, turning away from it all. That I was like, well, but there's maybe there's a medium happy place. Well, I
1: had been. You certainly (laughs) caught me on a very rebellious point. I'm still working through it all, to be honest with you.
0: Oh yeah, I get it. As a matter of fact, I think the Magical Mystery Tour
1: episodes helped me.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and the Patreon where we talk about some of the things that we ended up cutting out. People will hear us have an interaction with one of your triggers from childhood go off.
1: I'm a little nervous about putting that one out. I can't tell you why.
0: Yeah, we'll I get, get it. There. We'll get there. We'll get there. And I you have mentioned that you felt like and I have too that the podcast season 2 flipped a switch and turned a corner and the podcast itself generally goes on a magical mystery tour almost every week. But that includes a need for a little bit of an Aislinn glossary <laughs> because that's where I begin to see regular lister and listeners are like, oh, yeah, she's going down that path now.
1: Yeah, this episode 2.43, this year's Magical Mystery Tour almost was like a cork coming out of a bottle. And <sighs> I know you felt a lot more – comfortable is not the right word, but – willing to talk about not just what we're eating not just what you're growing not just some funny thing that happened with our kids or between you and i while we were out having a snack somewhere but the the philosophical yeah deeper core philosophies and i don't think that it's about what you believe it's about what we're constantly evolving like our beliefs are constantly evolving yeah
0: just like our journey as a couple just like our journey with this podcast all of it it's all evolving And this week at the bus station number two, Uh we're going to be talking about facing your reality. You know, like this week at the bus stop number three, we're going to be talking about time warping. And this is where you can go back to the stop filtering. If it resonates with you, great. If it doesn't, leave it behind. It's not for you. And that's okay. And that's the fun of being able to chase rabbits down kooky, woo-woo, philosophical trails. I've been doing it all my life, all of my life. It's not hard for me. It's not scary for me. It's just dreaming. It's just visioning. And speaking of vision, I have this, and I talked about it during my mayoral campaign. Yeah. Because you know, when a politician comes out, all those cards that you get in the mail and all that, at least three big words, honest, yeah. reliable, right. Whatever. Whatever. Integrity. Integrity, right? The one for me that everyone really knows about me, that maybe I didn't even understand or know about myself. That is vision.
1: Visionary. One main part of your platform was giving a vision for the city in a way that politicians, for as long as I've been following local politics, just was absent of it.
0: And what I've understood or begun to understand is what does that actually mean? Because even when I use that word as a politician or someone running for office, I didn't 100%. And then I was like, do I have more vision than other people do? No, it's not that I have more vision than other people do. It's just that I've allowed myself to go to a really, really high point of vision, like way above, right, and see the bigger picture and understand that a lot of the little things that we're constantly focusing on on the ground are just these tiny, tiny little ants on the ground. But what's challenging, and this is one of the things that you expressed to me and my staff expressed to me, because I would get so angry like come on people you have to understand you have to understand what i'm telling you and you were like you're just like 10 years ahead or yeah. you're just above their heads yep. and so how do i bring it down to the earth and i think that the vision hands requires the dirt,
1: vision requires change and change is very scary and we live in a city that gets scared very easily
0: well and they also want to know how How? Give me the map. Tell me why I have to do it. So for me, the way that I was able to begin, I think over the last two years, this is how I've begun to pull that vision out of the air and get better and better at pulling it down into the ground and turning it into something that I can speak into a podcast that will actually connect with more people because I have grounded these concepts. That's the thing about a visionary. A visionary can see from a thousand foot level But when it comes to being on the ground, I can live in the present moment. I can live in the right now and go, okay, I'm going to take the next step forward when it comes, but I'm going to be aware and I'm going to be present and I'm going to be looking for the paths of least resistance. But I learned how to say that stuff to Other people that maybe are a little bit afraid of tapping into their visionary part of themselves and letting go of the fact that they don't have a roadmap in front of them. Right. Because a visionary can walk into a boardroom or into a staff meeting and energize the entire room and everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, they're nodding their heads. They're Finally. Hallelujah. Right. Amen. She's got it. Let's go. I've and then waiting the, for
1: something like this. And then
0: the moment that it stops and everybody walks out of the room, everyone goes, how? Right. Now what?
1: Well, you know Where's what? Where's the map? She's I need t- a map. It's, it's a little different what they're saying. So let's just go back to the way that it was because we know that.
0: Right. So how do we extricate what's out of a visionary's mind and get it down on a map so that people that are, and this is, and I want to say this isn't to separate me. It's not to put me above because what would be considered a sentinel as opposed to a visionary, a sentinel is Mm -hmm. somebody that's very grounded. They help a visionary pull it to the ground and actually place a map in place so that we know where to go now. So you got to have both. You got to have all of that. You got to have the intuition and you got to have the groundedness. You have all of that. I bring all that up because there might be some words or some thoughts or some things that don't click with you, but it's a part of that magical mystery tour of learning and evolving and figuring things out and turning those glossaries into actual acknowledgements and grounded understanding and logical, real things that we can create. I'll tell you what one of the, the misses from last season was. Though. One of the
1: weeds that we're going to pull. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or at least that I'm trying to figure out how to pull. And I've got to be honest with the audience. And that is having to re-record this podcast um, had me rethinking what I said last time I recorded this podcast about Aislinn's attitude about recording a podcast. <laughs> because Aislinn has an attitude about the podcast. Actually, Aislinn has an attitude about public speaking. Yeah. I like to do it once. Because whatever comes out of me is what you get. Okay,
1: here's how here's how I see it. We live in our life. We're living our life. We're living our life. We come in here, sit down around our table, and enter a free creative space. Mm-hmm. Surprise, mm-hmm. an interaction, and we usually nail it. And we nailed it a couple of days ago. Yeah. Then I sat down, and I got to go through the processes of what com- is the universe trying to teach and, me noise now. Reduction, and, I, and I push play, and it's and it's like we can't use this file and you weren't feeling 100 percent that night so i did not even let you know that bad news it wasn't until the next day when the pit bulls got into the yard and you killed a couple of chickens and i
0: just had my teeth sawed and down and my brain te- felt right. like it was about to like explode you get
1: home we got we're looking for de- uh, chickens that could be dead could be missing and i say oh and by the way i want to sit down with you for about an hour we can do something fun together what is that re-record the podcast at that it-
0: point i was an explosion of emotion and i could not handle life anymore i could not handle life anymore i'm not kidding y'all
1: you've done a great job this morning <laughs> and now you can check this off the list you oh well i off.
0: screamed a lot yesterday so screaming yeah that's probably what happened okay
1: so we're gonna weed some things out of the podcast
0: maybe one of the things we're gonna weed out is that i'm gonna stop Or I have stopped with the thing that the podcast is not giving me back what I'm putting into it. Okay. The podcast, absolutely, just from the conversations we're having about the last two seasons, this episode and the first time we recorded this episode, is that this podcast is giving me a lot for the investment that we give to it. However, I would like for you to be speedier about how you commit to editing the podcast and get it done faster because I think it takes up too much of your time. And I love you and I want to spend more of it with you.
1: Early on last season, I'm just going to keep going. Early on last season, we planted a seed of a potential new segment where we talk about sending recipes to our college boys, but it didn't really go anywhere or we weren't enthused about it to kind of continue doing it. And you also might remember we started the Dinner Table Talks Ethics where we would get together and ratify a new ethic or a new guideline.
0: I hate rules. I told you back then that I didn't like and it. And they're
1: all valid. Eat local food as often as possible. Eat real food as local yeah. as possible. It's all valid, but we didn't get that creative like desire to get back to it. So you probably won't see that again.
0: Although I have a creative idea that came about that has something to do with this. Every organization you've ever been involved in has mission, vision, vision. And standards. Right. I think every human being should have mission, vision, standards. I think that's what we do in season three. Let's create that for the podcast. And in the midst of that, we can begin doing it for our own personal selves and our own meditations and all of those.
1: The mission, vision, and standards of Dinner Table Talks, the podcast.
0: What is the mission? And I'm not talking about... See, we've confused the word mission because of years of the idea that we're creating a mission statement right think about mission like being an astronaut that's about to go to space
1: or or a missionary what is
0: my mission a warrior going to war. what is my mission and what is it that i want what is my dream my vision what do i intend what do i hope And then what are the standards? What are the boundaries? What are the things we're going to do? I think that that's a good way of going
1: forward with that particular one. Starting in episode one of season three next week? Perfect.
0: Okay. And one of those being that the thing that we didn't, that was also a miss or a drop, was that we talked about the recipe book. We talked about the recipe book. It's out there. Mm -hmm. It's in the vision. It's in the intentions.
1: It's, It's on the someday bulletin board i don't like
0: the someday bulletin board right. i don't i don't have a someday bulletin yeah, you do, what but I, I no no i don't have a someday you do
1: but you're taking every opportunity to
0: if i a have tweak. a someday then i don't expect it to actually happen
1: i mean like literally this at this point in the podcast i'm going to take the last someday and i'm going to put it right next to the first one that i did and we're going to see just how far away you've gotten <laughs> someday someday you do.
0: So, we're working on a recipe book. It's in the vision.
1: The first few episodes are all going to be about the move because that's coming up in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, life on the farm.
1: Once we get to the farm, that's when I expect an explosion of rising action in the arc that is season three. Moving to
0: the country, going to eat a lot of pears.
1: Food challenges. I'm going to start right off the bat with a curry challenge.
0: I cannot wait. I love curry and I can't wait to try all the different like types of curries and all the different... I mean, I think there's so much we can do with that. As a matter of fact, every time we can't come up with something else to do with like a boatload of all different kinds of vegetables, I'm going to go make a curry. So over the course of the
1: next six, eight, 10 weeks, I'm really going to learn everything I can about making curry, what the word curry means in all of its different contexts. And I've begun, hope it works out, trying to align a Friends with Benefits For someone else to make us a curry. Mm, so That sounds fun. And you mentioned Patreon a little while ago. Starting next week. I really want to have Patreon set up and working. We're kind of tentatively calling it Dinner Table Talks Dessert. Or the dessert of the meal. It's
0: going a little bit deeper down that we didn't filter ourselves trail. (laughs) Or something that we just couldn't fit into a 49 minute long podcast. I've got a
1: collection of stories that were cut not for quality but Mm -hmm. just for time and we're going to begin having a dessert course or maybe we want to just you and i talk about one thing that happened in the episode a little more deeply we'll have a lot of freedom to play Mm -hmm. and we're going to give you our patreon address next week where you can go be a few bucks a month and get a whole new bonus episode every week
0: so it'll be like if you got on the bus at station number three to join the magical mystery tour and then at station number four, you were asked whether or not you wanted to get off, but we were gonna continue the conversation on to the next stop and it was gonna get even crazier and more woo woo dimensional. That's where we're gonna be on Patreon.
1: So the first one, the Patreon premiere, if you will, will be that Jesus talk. That Are you sure? Yeah, 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 It's happening.
0: I I No filters, I look- baby. Yeah, I look forward to seeing how we respond to it after it's been sitting there for a couple months. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into?
1: I think we'll know when it's time to stop doing Myers-Briggs questions, but there's so many good ones here. Remember, Aislinn, you're going to answer this on the spectrum between very much disagree, very much agree, or anywhere in the middle. You ready? Yes. You are very intrigued... By things labeled as controversial. Disagree. I strongly agree.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, know
1: you know this about me.
0: Yeah, you like drama and trauma.
1: Drama and trauma as synonyms of controversy. Mm-hmm. Like when films come out that are controversial, I'm drawn to them. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of everyone's stirred up about something. Let's get to see the real thing and find out what everyone's all stirred up about. Are oh, they stirred up because... They know the content of the controversy. Are they stirred up because some news site that they favor gave them their opinion that they're supposed to have based on some kind of political or ideological point of view? I've always been interested in that.
0: I think it's a numbing technique. What do you mean? I think that we're all looking for some fire in our belly. Okay. And we might put that fire in our belly with some alcohol. We might put that fire in our belly with some sugar. We might put that fire in our belly with an argument with our partner We might put that fire in our belly with uh, a night out dancing. We might put that fire in our belly with a crazy night out swimming in the beach under the moon. We might put that fire out by um, a controversy or a crisis going on in the world.
1: Like, again, I don't know if I'm going to synonymize controversy and crisis, it's an argument. Controversies certainly create argument, but for me, it's not about getting into the argument necessarily. I know, it's but, that's a level, but that's a level of, issues.
0: in my opinion, that's a level of, like, superiority. I can go look at this controversy and I'll just laugh it off. It won't affect me, okay, so, uh, but everyone else is so affected so by this our, controversy. So our, our art
1: museum, I'm making this up, our art museum has some kind of art exhibit. And they always do, and I don't get to them all. But if one is considered controversial, I'd be more likely to go see the art exhibit. It's not about the controversy. It's about the idea that this is creating a... Fire
0: in someone's belly.
1: Fire in society's belly, I suppose. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I've had enough fire in my belly from things that are controversial and uh, crisis and an blah, 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 this. blah, blah. I'm
1: going to keep an eye on this. But, uh, cause so you say you disagree and I'm going to strongly agree.
0: I don't strongly disagree because I definitely click on controversy. But then I'm like, what the fuck? Why did I do that shit? And they then I go, again. and then I go, and then I go like this tap, 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 tap. Why is my subconscious choosing to continue to go back into trauma and drama and controversy? I'm ready to let that contract go. Thank you. Goodbye.
1: Are you assigning value to that being the correct way to be?
0: No, because everyone is at a different place. Just because I was driving 71 miles an hour and you were driving 70 miles an hour and we both came to a railroad track and I crossed it before you did and you got stuck at the train track and I keep going. It doesn't make me better than you. But is it keep means going that- the goal? Yes. In my understanding, forward momentum is the goal of life. Doing it from a present moment, from what's actually happening right here, right now, around me. On that note, I'm ready to move forward into season three.
1: We'll see you next week.
0: Celebrate the season finale. The
1: season finale? Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime...
0: Hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you.
1: And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. Well, so for one thing, just a few episodes ago, we had our hundredth episode.
0: Yep. I'm looking to get to 102. What do you mean? Well, I mean, 100 years old. Is really cool. Yeah. But what about 102? That gives me 60 more years. Think of what I can do in 60 more years. I
1: think you're underselling yourself. Go to 110.
0: Perfect.